Good to have you back on a Monday. Beautiful day today. Hopefully you get out and enjoy it today, tomorrow, Wednesday, because Thursday's coming and then nothing. Unless, of course, you love the fall and you love the colder weather. Then, by all means, you're in. Um, so, uh, that being said, um, it's going to feel more like football weather come this weekend. And you've got the Badgers back, which will be solid. You've got uh, also uh, the uh, Packers back in Ashton. It's a Monday night affair out in Vegas, out in Sin City. Got Brewers baseball going on tomorrow. Uh, you assume the roof's going to be open for the next couple of games, which will be awesome. It'll feel like good baseball, like baseball weather. So I'm excited for everything going on. Got a lot of good stuff happening in the area. And then uh, the Bucks uh, media day, getting everybody together. And uh, the Bucks are going to start practicing and hopefully get their 2023-2024 uh, championship run ready. Uh, we're excited about that with Damian Lillard in the house. Uh, in the meantime... The Packers are trying to figure themselves out. And defensively speaking, in two out of their four games, their defense has given up 211 yards rushing per game. Not good. One week they'll stop the run, the next week they won't. The next week they will stop the run, and then the next week they won't. It's been an enigma, to say the very least. And uh, Joe Barry uh, today, just a little while ago, addressing the media, talking about some of the problems on his defense. Take a listen. Joe, why, why is the run defense struggling so badly? Uh, you know, that's something I definitely have gone back the last 72 hours and, and looked at. You know, we had some time. I went back and looked at all four games. And, uh, you know, it's not one thing that you can pinpoint. Um, you know, I just went back again this morning and watched you know, all 42 runs from, from Thursday night. And it's, uh, it's not one thing. It's, you know, it's one thing on this play. It's another thing on this play. Then you, you know, you have 30 runs that you play really well. Um, so it's, it's, it's a number of things, but we gotta, we gotta correct it. We will correct it. Um, you know, we're exploring everything right now. And, uh, when we're in one of those games, you know, we have to put our foot down and stop it. So, um, and it, it wasn't obviously good enough Thursday night. Are you equipped to put your foot down? And, you know, it was bad last year. Heck, it was bad before you got here, right? I mean, this is team's had bad run defenses for years now. Yeah. Um, are you guys, is the mentality there? Are you equipped to actually do that personnel-wise? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, but I think when you're when you're in a type of game like that, you do have to, you know, be able to do something structurally, um, just from a from a system standpoint, and and we can and we will, and when we're in those situations, we have to do it. So, um, those are all things we're working through right now. But it's it's uh, you know because every game is different. You know, you're you're not going to defend forty runs in every game, uh, but when you're in a situation, when you're in a game like that. Um, you got to be able to have an answer and you know it's my job to give our players an answer and we will moving forward Joe, how big of it or not big of an adjustment is it in your system to just say we are going to put an extra emphasis maybe put an extra guy in there to stop that oh well i mean from a personnel standpoint you're talking about more from the way you want to play from a scheme standpoint. Oh, well, i mean if you just i mean if you watch the tape we have you know we have different personnel groups. We had different fronts. 
Uh, we had different coverages. I mean, we absolutely can do that. You know, um, you know, we just don't sit back and play split safety shell every snap. Um, so of course, you know, and especially in a game when you're defending a bunch of runs repeatedly, um, absolutely. Is there a way to get? Yeah, the, on the one touchdown run, they had to play for like the six, um, and you had your nickel personnel, and then boom, they just go right to the line and run it. Is there a way to somehow avoid that? What do you? What can you do there? Well, that I mean, it's a great question. That's that's the uh, that's the disadvantage that we have defensively. Um, you know, because when when they don't sub, it makes it hard for us to sub. Obviously, especially. You know, the, the further you get down into the maroon zone and the red zone, it's hard to substitute anyways from a defensive perspective. But um, they did. They did a great, really good job of that. Of They were in 11 personnel. We were in nickel. Um, and they stayed in 11. They didn't sub. They kept the same 11 people on the field, and which forced us not to be able to get into, a you know, a bigger grouping that you would like to, you know, the closer you are to the goal line. So... But bottom line, you still have to defend it. And we could have defended it better. Um, you know, we, we misfit an inside zone that they ran. Um, but that, that's, part of the, that's part of the cat and mouse that you play when an offense goes tempo and doesn't allow you to sub. You have to play with the 11 you have on the grass. Are you optimistic about Eric Stokes? And if so, getting him back? Um, he's obviously been out a while. Yeah, no, of course. You know, we, um, you know I'll, let, I'll let Flea and those guys in the in the – training room handle that, but um, Eric Stokes is a, is a great football player, and of course, we're, we're eager, as is he, to get back. So um, when that happens, we'll be excited. How do you incorporate, as in, you've already got John Rasul and, and Keyshawn in the slot, how do you, whenever, whenever he's healthy, yeah. how, do you, how do you get Stokes in the field? Uh, I mean, like I've told you before, I mean, having, having a bunch of good players is, is that, that's a good problem. That, that's a champagne problem. Um, so you, you can never have, I've stood up here and said it many times, you can never have too many good corners. So um, that will be exciting when we get to that. Looking forward to seeing Devante or not? <laughs> uh, socially or what, what, what do you, I what do you think? Make no. So now he's. Uh, I think any any time this league is is full of great players, and um, every team has them. And week in and week out, you gotta you gotta find ways to to defend them and have a plan for them. And um, Tay is one of the one of the you know current and one of the best of all time. So um, we'll uh, it, it will be a, a great challenge for us, but. Of course, I'm excited to see him. Uh, I enjoyed my time that I had with him, even though it was brief here. But um, incredible player. You know, tying the two together, getting a safety down the box to help with run—is that obviously is that complicated when you have a Devonte Adams as a receiver? Can you oh, of course. You know, and then you you know with with Jacobs there back. You know, that's um, that's what every offense is searching for. Uh, you know, someone that gives you an issue in the passing game, and then they can counterbalance with someone handing the ball off to. So. Um, but that's that's week in and week out life in the NFL. So, um, but it's it will, it will be a great challenge this week. Two really good players. Joe, is it a good thing that Quay Walker has 19 tackles, or a bad thing that Quay Walker? Well, you know, I, I don't think you ever want to uh, 
I mean, it's, it's any time that you have a player that has a great game statistically, um, you know, I never, I, want, I never want to take away from that because Quay's playing really good football for us right now. Um, you know, but again, I think you go back to when you are defending 40-plus runs in a game. Um, you know, I, I think Quay played really, really well. Um, I, th I think Quay's played very well all season. So um, I'm, I'm never going to take away from a guy statistically having a great game because um, we didn't play well collectively. Feels good. Thank you. Okay, Thanks. guys. There you go. There you go. That is uh, Joe Barry. Did you learn anything? Did you learn anything? Now, I, uh, you heard at the end when he was asked about Quay Walker. said, look, I'm, I'm not going to diminish a, you know, a, a great tackling performance, so to speak. You know, now whether he was talking in, in in conjunction with the team or specifically with Quay with other issues, but also talks about a numerous, a myriad of things, numerous amount of things that have cost this run defense the capability to be a lot better. So not, uh, and I'll tell you this, uh, did any of you feel like Joe Barry had the answer? Did it, did, did it give you um, any sense of, yeah, we got a handle on this. We, we've kind of figured this out. You know? 877-867-1670. I, I, I look at it as they are going to this has been something that's been problematic for a while for the or for the uh, Packers. So I, I just teams are going to run at you until you stop it, and if you can't stop it consistently, they're going to continue to do it. That's it. My Joe Barry take. I tweeted this out yesterday, Bill, and I think this is going to be my mantra the rest of the year. Joe Barry might not always be the problem. He might not always be the biggest reason the Packers lose, but I'm pretty sure after a couple of years that he's never going to be the solution. Like he's he might not be always the be the reason the Packers lose, but I don't think he's ever going to be the reason they win. Yeah, I, I, that, I, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, do you believe in Joe Barry? Well, is he going to be the answer? No, I don't think he's. I, I don't think he's ever going to be the answer. Um, I understand again, and I know people are asking this: Why did Matt Lafleur keep him? I understand why. Continuity's sake, you're just. You're you're keeping him for the sake of keeping him, trying to keep continuity for first and second year guys, and when they got younger and such, and so you're trying to keep it for continuity's sake. But at this point, it's like, look, um, the one thing I remember, uh, and I go back, I had a conversation with Ted Thompson uh, years ago, and I was asking Ted about what he sees in particular players and in coaches, and because I was asking him, because it's you know you get a guy like Charles Woodson that comes in. And suddenly everybody gets it because Charles Woodson has a way of explaining study, studying, you know. Tremont Williams said, look, I, my career would have never been the same had it not been for Charles Woodson because it was the ability to study. And Ted Thompson said he's worked with some people that have been really, really smart. They don't have the ability to take their smarts and distribute that to you. 
And he said that's what makes a good coach is the ability to make things simple and put you in positions to be successful. And if guys can't play with instinct and they're always thinking because they don't understand it or don't get it or don't see it a certain way, the best coaches are the ones that get them to see it. No matter how smart you are as a coach, you're, you know, and you can look at film and you can digest it and, and dissect it as well as anybody. You don't have the ability to teach that to young guys and make them understand it. And that way they play as a cohesive unit or, you know, as he kind of sm- he kind of laughed and smiled, which Ted didn't laugh a whole lot, but he kind of laughed and smiled. And he said, <clears throat> or I didn't give them the talent to work with almost as if, as he was laughing, you say, yeah, right. I gave them all kinds of talent. And at that point in time, during that interview, I wanted to say, mm, Nick Perry, Dayton Jones, you're putting square pegs in round holes, but I understand what he was saying. So, uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, the same thing comes up. JJ says, don't coaches teach tackling. By the time you get to the NFL, you should know how to tackle. If you don't, you have no business being in the NFL. So, they, yes, they know how to tackle. But it is tackling like special teams is a mentality. It's a mentality. It's you have it's a will, it's a want to. It's a reckless abandoned tenacity. It is what the essence of football is. It is about I have this blade of grass, I have this patch of land. You will not take my land. And I will do everything I can to defend it and keep you off of it. You know? And it it's a mentality. It's a mentality. It's a it's the ultimate machismo game. It's a question of your manhood, of your physical ability against the opponent. It's 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 all of that. It's it's all of that. And the guys that and I don't want to say throw caution to the wind, but the guys that play like Michael Parsons, that guy's hair's on fire. Now, granted, he's a talent. I mean he's an unbelievable talent, but part of the reason he's so talented is because his heart is so huge. I mean, he was asked specifically about, you know, being, you know, maybe a, an MVP this year. He's like, I don't want to be an MVP. I want to be the best to ever play this position. I mean, there, there's an aspiration there. You know? So it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a gut check. I mean, and for what Dan Campbell – and what's funny is, is Dan, people make fun of Dan Campbell for sounding like this big Neanderthal dumbass. You know, and his descriptions and biting kneecaps and everything. But his team has taken on that personality. They want to beat you up. And I can't remember the last time I've seen a Packers team want to beat you up. You know? Pack fan, you're right. Rashawn Gary plays like that. You're right. Rashawn Gary does, and he's had success doing it. You're you're 100% correct. But that that's kind of the mentality that you have to express through your coaching staff, you know? That's got to start at the top and trickle its way down. 877-867-1670. Hey, uh, our friends over at Steel Tank Brewing, the stage is in, in the new music venue. I just saw it yesterday. It popped up on uh, some of the Facebook and Instagram posts. The stage is in. They're getting ever so close to opening up that new uh, music venue on the backside of Steel Tank Brewing. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. 
Steel Tank Brewing, great place. Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. And uh, the music venue is a coming. It's getting ever so close to opening up. Good, good stuff from them. So get ready. Get ready for the announcements when the bands are going to be booked and for a lot of good times out of Steel Tank Brewing. Not just stopping in for food and a, a local craft beverage, but now some entertainment to go along with it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at Good to have you. Hey, uh, own the land you defend if you are a veteran or a military member and you get a hold of our friends at Veterans America. They are a, a, tr- a tremendous uh, lender uh, when it comes to homeowners or the desire to be a homeowner uh, for our friends, our veterans, our military members. Uh, James uh, Mercado and his staff do uh, such a great job. Call them 262-745-3333. 262-745-3333. They look for zero down payment. No PMI. The credit requirements for them, a little bit better than most, uh, looser, I should say, than most banks and credit unions and such. And uh, the governmental guarantee and thousands of possibilities, as they say, to get you done and get you done at a really good rate. So if you're a veteran or a military member, they say own the land you defend. That's Veterans America. Call them anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, by the way. Uh, But they're based out of Brookfield. 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333, and uh, get a hold of James over there and just ask for him, James Mercado, he's the owner, and uh, just a tremendous, tremendous place. That's uh, Veterans America. 877-867-1670, let's get to the phone calls. Let's go to Gary listening to us uh, in Milwaukee. Gary, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, it's going good, Bill. How about you? I'm doing great today. What you thinking? I was just listening to someone talk about season tickets. And okay. I am a season ticket holder. Well, my dad got them when the stadium closed in back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So, but what troubles me is not that they're selling them, because I sell a lot of my tickets. I generally used to sell them on the NFL Ticket Exchange. Most recently been doing them on Facebook. But what I'm finding is, as soon as Rogers left, nobody wants him. 
Really? I used to sell all my tickets out by July. Now I still have tickets. I got mm-hmm. tickets to the Bears game, and I'm selling them for less than face value. Yeah. Uh, the the thing about think, it is, you know, though, go ahead. Well, I think it's just if you're not certain what's going on, um, I don't know that the the people are just as willing to spend. It may be due to the you know the economy too, but I've just noticed that this year is very different than previous years. Now, how many games do you go to as a season ticket holder? <sighs> well, my son used to race mountain bikes, and the mountain bike season is in the fall, so I hadn't been to a game in about four years while he was racing. Okay. Um, at best, I can get to one game a year. Um, usually, I sell you know, a set to one set of family members that still go at least once a year. Um, preseason games, you can't sell those for more than $30 a ticket. Right, right. And mine are on the end zone, and they're even aisle seats. So I just it's, it's just interesting to me to hear a lot of people talk about, well, Detroit fans are going. And I live in Milwaukee, too. I'm not a Green Bay I'm a Green Bay season ticket holder, not a Milwaukee season ticket holder. But yeah. to go to a you know to go to a night game or go to a Thursday night game was always really tough because you're getting you're rolling home into Milwaukee at three thirty four o'clock in the morning. Right, right, yeah. So, and that's part of the reason why I never understood why they kept giving the Milwaukee games uh, a Thursday night or a Monday night game. Well, and and you know what Green Bay ticket holders get. I can guarantee you I get six games a year. Three of them will be in at least December or January. Mm-hmm. I rarely get a game that's – I think we had – this year we had a September game, one October game. Four of them are in December and January. So you're always getting the cold weather games. Yeah. Okay. And that, well, that may just be ahead. a way it rolls too, but um, it's just – it's interesting to see. I hear a lot of people talk about it, but um, – if the team is not doing as well, and, and this year is a challenging year, the thing I wanted to ask you is, looking at it, you're expecting the defense to be better. You're kind of looking for that growth every year, and I'm just not seeing it. I, I saw Detroit. I was at the Detroit no. game last year, and, uh, and what I saw was it reminded me of the, the kid in fifth grade that used to get picked on all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you'd never see him for like, you know, six months. And he'd come out of the basement with his baggy shirt on again and beat the crap out of you because he'd been working out all, you know, for the six months. Right. That's what I saw in Detroit. And that's what I see in Detroit. I don't see that with us. I see kind of a I... finesse team that. And it has been for some time team. now. I mean, that's the thing. I appreciate the oh, phone yeah. call. It has been for some time now is that it's been more of a finesse team and a scheme team than it has been a smash you in the mouth team. The one thing I'll say about the, the, the season tickets, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, that you can't sell them, so you got to put them on the open market. Okay. But here's my thought, and, and this is something that somebody else brought up, so I can't take credit for it, but Chris brings it up and says, hey, the guy on the line that's talking about not going to a game, why have season tickets at all unless you're just doing it to try to make money? So now you're complaining you can't sell the tickets that you have for more money than face value. Why don't you just give up your season tickets and give it to a fan who wants to go? 
if you haven't been to a game but one or two games in like four years, then I, okay, I understand that mentality too, where people are saying, then give up your tickets. You're not going to the games. You can't complain, you know. And, and But uh, again, I don't want to get into the overwhelming uh, discussion of season ticket sales. However, um, one thing you can look at is, is I, I've talked about this time and again, uh, when you're down here in the Milwaukee market for the gold package games, and you get those Thursday night games and those Sunday night games and Monday night games, and people sell those off because they got to go to work the next day. And nobody wants to get home at whatever time it is in the morning, you know, that they're going to get home. Like I said, I got home. I was on the air afterwards, and I got home at 2.33 in the morning. That is what it is, I guess. Can I just say one thing? And this, is, yeah. this isn't going to be received well with our Milwaukee listeners. I love Milwaukee. It's a great city. I'm there all the time. But you Milwaukee fans, you got people driving – from Menominee, Eau Claire, that area, the Chippewa mm-hmm. Valley where I grew right. up, you try making that drive to Green Bay or from La Crosse when you got to yeah. swerve around cranberry bogs in the middle of the night on a, some county highway. Like, I, I don't I don't love this. Well, we got to drive back on a work night. I remember going to a Monday night football game with my dad. He made me go to school the next day, and he went to work in the morning. I don't even know that he went yeah. to bed. So I, I've had enough of the, the, the travel complaints from the Milwaukee I, I I understand it, and I get it. I agree with you. I, however, know for a fact that there are so many people that just won't go on a on a Monday or Thursday night because they don't want to take off work that day and they don't want to take off work the next day. So if you're not going to suck it up and do it, then what do you do, you know? And it's just become that type of reality, and that's the sad part about it. Then again, I look at it this way. If this team was 3-1 and one right now or 4-0 and oh, and they were lighting the world on fire, then you wouldn't have nearly as many Lions fans there. And so the caller has a point that right now there's not not the same level of interest that there was. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, our guy, uh, Eric Baranchek, here after the bottom of the hour. Let's stay tuned for that. want to talk with him about what does he see and then what we had uh, the discussion-wise regarding Joe Barry and his um, – description as to what's going on defensively speaking stay tuned got a whole lot more of the bill michael show it's all coming up right after this Ready? this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Welcome back. Good to have you. Packers knocked off on Thursday night 34 to 20, and the score really wasn't even that close. To be honest with you, they were uh, they were just basically run out of the house and at their home, as a matter of fact, at Lambeau Field. And the run defense, again, 211 yards given up. Uh, to talk more about it, we bring in Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us on the hotline. And Eric, uh, I don't know if you heard what Joe Barry had to say a little bit earlier today, but he uh, he he didn't really have an answer. He just said, "Oh, you know, it's going to get better, and you know, we got to fix this and we got to fix that." It's the same stuff we've heard before, but there there's there's not a lot of answers there right now. You know what I mean? Oh, Bill, thanks for having me on this morning, this afternoon. I appreciate it. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing: 
is those guys never say anything at those pressers. They think we're all just a bunch of morons that don't know anything and blah, blah, blah. And it gets, it's, to me, it's frustrating. And one of these days, I am going to ask a very pointed question of Mr. Barry, and I'm not going to give up till he gives me an answer. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so there are quite a few things they got to fix. And, um, you know, it, it comes down to two things in my mind. A, they're got they're they're not strong up the gut. You know, when you're putting together right. your defense, you always got to be strong up the gut, and they're not. Once you get past the line of scrimmage, Quay Walker can get 40 tackles a game. I don't care. They're five yards, six yards, seven yards downfield. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Start shedding a block. Start blowing up a blocker and, and make it at the line of scrimmage or a one- or two-yard game. That is a good tackle. A tackle 10 yards downfield is not a good tackle. Yes, it shows up on the stat sheet, but it's not a good tackle. They, and, the, and, and they are sadly, badly missing Campbell there at the other linebacker spot. He's not right. a guy that's going to go blow up blocks either, but, but he does avoid blocks and make plays. And that, they need that there because poor McDuffie just gets swallowed up with blocks, and it's, it's, it's embarrassing. And then you've got two safeties who don't want to tackle. So you got guys that they come up and try to swipe ankles and, and, and dive and throw their bodies at, hopefully knock the running back down. You know what? Those guys got to tackle. They got to draft or they got to, they're going to have to draft safeties next year that just want to come up and bloody your nose. And they're not very many of them, but they, they, you know, you got guys like Alexander who is, you know, a buck 50 out there throwing his body in, in front of guys and, and making tackles and Stokes last year. And then you got your safeties that come up and just, just, throw their body out there. You know what? Break down and, and, and make a tackle. That's, that's going to change the outcome of ball games. Just throw running around out there. And they're not very, that's, so that's the first thing. The second thing is they're not very assignment. Sure. Sometimes it looks like, and, and, and you have, you have an outside linebacker that runs four yards up field. And you know, this from your playing days, that's the offense's favorite thing to happen. If your outside linebacker goes barreling five up five yards up field, great because now he's got a five yard gap right behind right. him that you can run through so there's there's things that they got to clean up and it's got to be assignment sound and and they got to be they got to find a way to be tougher up the gut uh let's start with uh the the uh the safeties and i've talked about this a couple of times now we've seen the safeties and we have seen the the uh, uh the the corners highlighted by not blocking and I saw this the other day with, I mean, I know you mentioned Jair, but Jair, he was running away from a block. Valentine was running away from a block. Valentine actually was part of the uh, the pancake thing the other day because he got drilled by uh, the, the Packer, the, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the Saints tight end and got driven into the ground. I mean, you, you've got guys, I, I've always said, like, playing defense and tackling is a tenacity. It's just a will. You know, you just got to want to do it. And does this team just have a bunch yeah, of guys that at times the- don't want to do it? I, I, you know what? They went through this a couple of years ago, and I remember it was after the draft, um, and it was before they it was they drafted Nick Collins, and we asked um, at the time it was Ted Thompson. I was like, "Hey, does he tackle? Does he want to tackle? Because I believe this, and I'm pretty sure Brian uh, Gutekunst believes the same way. Tackling is not you can drill it, you can drill it, and you can drill it. But if you don't want to tackle, you ain't gonna tackle." And that's it. You're either born with it. You got that little itch in the back of your head that just makes you want to go up and smash somebody or you're not. And you know what? Deion Sanders could get away with not tackling because you couldn't throw the ball to him. So 
So, you know what? You kind of tip your head and say, okay, Mr. Sanders, you don't have to tackle anybody. But the rest of you guys better tackle. You know, so right. it's, 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 it's frustrating um, that they, you know, that they go on and, they, and you know, so that you replaced uh, Jair Alexander, who ran away from some blocks, yep, or some, some tackles for sure. Um, but with Carrington, who, again, he's, uh, you know, throw their body out there and hopefully they trip them, you know, and that's, that's just not a recipe for success long term. So let's talk about the offense for a minute and uh, what's going on there because I thought some of the play calling was rather inept. They kind of went into a shell, uh, even though it's now. And I, I, Eric, I said last week, and I'll say it again this week, they have played out of two games, out of eight quarters of football, six quarters and maybe four minutes of absolutely awful football. The one deodorant was the comeback win against the Saints. They had a little bit of a comeback against the Lions, but it ended up falling short. But six quarters and, say, three to four minutes of awful football is not going to win you a lot of good games. And why this team waits until the fourth quarter to turn it on, I have no idea. Well, that's a really great question. And, and here's, here's my answer to, to, to that. Is the first thing is they got young, inexperienced wide receivers. And if you watch the game carefully, and like, like you can't see it on TV, it's really hard. When you watch the coach's view, you know, that comes out a day or two later, and it's unfortunate that it comes out so late. But when you watch it and you look at the routes that they run, they're not crisp. They are in, they're in bad positions. Um, the releases are kind of, you know, you got – so if you got a, a cornerback – if you got twins, let's say twins to the right, you got a cornerback lined up on the inside guy at about five, and then a, a safety or another – or the nickel is on the inside guy and the corner is on the outside guy – the inside receiver has to have an inside release. You can't have an outside release because now you got the, because the, the, the nickel's going to bail, right? So he's going to be, mm-hmm. in a, he's going to be bailing at five, 10, 15 yards. He essentially covers two receivers because the inside guy has to have inside release on him and inside leverage so that he's got to make a decision. He, he's either going to come up, and, and, and cover the, under, the, the slot receiver or the outside, re, or he's going to continue to get depth and take away any that inside slant or like a deep slant or a crosser from the outside receiver. But when the receiver takes an outside release and maintains outside leverage, that one guy covers two. So you, there's nowhere to throw the ball there. So there was a handful of instances where guys were taking bad releases and they weren't getting off the line of scrimmage in the right way. That's number one. Number two is they don't have a running game. Without 33, they don't have a running game. They don't have a a running back on that roster. And we all love A.J. Dillard. He's great for the community, does a lot of great stuff. You know, he's a big power guy. But you can't run C-gap with or or the six-hole with him. You got maybe maybe a four-hole, but – primarily one, two, three hole runner. That's, that's what you got, a downhill guy. So why are mm-hmm. they trying to run him outside? He, his vision is poor. He doesn't, he, like, like there were many times, well, three for sure that I counted, that if it, was, if it was Jones carrying the ball in the first half, it probably would have went for 10, 15 yards. But you got a guy that doesn't have good vision and can't break anything off, and it doesn't go anywhere because he's just a downhill runner. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to tailor your offense to that and put a back in front of them and run downhill. And they're not. They want to run lateral. They want to run outside zone. Well, that's tough with a back that doesn't do it. And they have nobody else on the roster that can. So why not throw 
more bubble screens, more screens, more tight, short tight end passes. In lieu of a running game, make the linebackers do something and throw the ball short so that you can open up that crossing, deep cross, middle crosses later in the ball game. That, that'll happen with a running game, but you don't have one, so you have to do something other than nothing to try to move the football and, and make it make the linebackers and safeties have to honor anything in front of them. So that's really that that to me that was the thing that that was really tough. But then you said, well, how come they wait till the fourth quarter? Because they go to hurry up, and when you, you right. go into that offense, there's less there's less thought. There's you know you got the defenses there. Those guys are got their their tongues hanging. You know there's a you can get things going. I I, I would rather see them do that early on. Get those D linemen tired. Get those linebackers thinking, holy cow, I got to bail out of there because you don't have a running game. Run it now. So, but the good news is is they got a they got a card for their pocket. You know if they get into trouble, forget it. Just run the no. Just go to go to hurry up. Go to run the four minute offense at four minutes in the first quarter if you need to garner some offense. It's okay. And I, and I think they're going to do some of that. I mean, they're, they're obviously the professional coaches. They're going to come around and they're going to make some of those things happen. But the reality is this, is it's too little, too late. And you had an offensive line that was patched together with, with duct tape and masking tape, right. not even twine, bailing twine or anything like that. It was, it was past, and they didn't perform. So the, the, the what's going to, but, but again, no running game. All those D linemen can do is all they're gonna do is just pass rush. You know that's yeah. where they get their name. That's where they can do their little dance. So you got to get them out of that and make them play football. But you can't do that without a running game or short passing game to get those guys moving. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I. It seems like this team does not match the tenacity of their opponent when they come out of the when they come out of the tunnel. There's a lot of bravado. There's a lot of guys pointing to the sky. And then it's like the anthem's sung, and then they go flat. And then you're trying to play catch-up for three quarters after that, trying to match the intensity of the other team. And by then, like you said, you stop thinking about it. You just go to hurry up, and then all of a sudden you get a little bit of energy, a couple of stops, and suddenly you feel like you're back in it. But it's it, I, I can't fathom for the life of me. You've got three quarters of uh, horrifically bad football, mistake-ridden, bad-coached football, and and that's supposed to be your strength coming out of the tunnel with 16 in your back pocket that you know are going to work because you've concentrated on them and those don't work and they're not able to move the football and they're not able to play defense and tackle. It's like they forgot everything until the last quarter when they go, oh, by the way, maybe we have a, sh- a shot. Maybe we can actually do this. But, man, I agree with you, though, well, about think, the offensive line. I think line. a little bit of this is you, you always have a plan coming out of the shoot until you get punched in the face. You know, once your lip is bleeding, it's pretty tough. Yes. Now, now your plan is gone. You got to react, and that's what's slow. That's the part to me that it just like, why is it taking so long? I mean, I'm sitting here, what, either in a chair, you know, in, in the press box, or watching it on a screen. Go, why is it take so long? I mean, it, I'm not, a, I'm not a scientist. I, I mean, I don't know everything there is to know about football, but I know basic stuff, and there's enough there that they can. They should be doing some things a little bit different, but it seems like they take so long to make the adjustments. <clears throat> and some of that's probably the feeling that they have about their players and their practice and all that. But you know what? Once you get a bloody lip, the plan is gone. You got to figure out a way to fight out of it. And they didn't. In the, one of the things that that really kind of stuck out was, and you saw it especially with blocking on. And that, that's. The offensive line, I don't care who you are, your offensive defensive line sets your tone for your team, period. 
And when your offensive line and your tight ends aren't blocking with a purpose, you know, they're not – it's hard for me to, to put it into terms, but you've got to have that just – I guess the mean streak would be a, a way to put it into terms that I can say on the radio without getting beeped. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you've you got to be um, – you know, you just you, you got to want to. You got to have that, like you said, that want to. You got to have that. That I'm blocking with a purpose, and sometimes it just didn't look that way. A lot of a lot of letting guys go, and then they had some brain cramps. You know, you know, there were times where the, the tackle and the guard were were obviously on the wrong page with with the blocking scheme uh, for pass pro. You know, just like what's going on? You know, you, right. you, you, there's no pass protection ever where you let a gap and you let a guy go between a tackle and the, te- and the guard. It just, there isn't anything fathomable. Yeah. Not even at seventh grade football that you have that, you know, so it's really, there were some things that scratched your head a little bit, but I, I just feel like I agree with you. They just like, where, where's the want to, where's the, where's the desire? Where's the, where's the purpose? Right. But the other, on the flip side, got a bunch of sophomores out there and next year they're going to be juniors. Cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. They grow up and they get better. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. No doubt. They will. They will. There's Good stuff, bud. Physical talent for them not. Yep. I agree. That's what we believe anyway. We believe they've got a lot of talent, so hopefully it comes to fruition. Eric, always good to talk to you, pal. We'll talk to you again next week, okay? Yep. Have a great week. Enjoy the weather, right, buddy. Man. Ta- It's awesome. Y'all, you bet. You bet. Talk to you soon. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Good stuff. Real good stuff. In other words, basically saying the same thing we've been saying. You, you don't face adversity very well, and when you get punched in the mouth, you got to have an answer, and they haven't. And then when they finally get into panic mode and hurry up, then things begin to matriculate because you're not thinking about it so much. So it goes back to probably more so than anything, you probably look directly at coaching and say that's, part, that's probably the biggest part of the problem. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, Jan Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Good to have you back. Bill Michael's show continues on regardless if the Packers do or do not uh, end up out in Vegas for the Super Bowl. We're going to be there, don't forget. Uh, Mike Clemens, yours truly, the whole staff are going to be heading out and uh, always, always looking forward to bringing you uh, all the action out there Super Bowl week. So thanks to all of our fine sponsors who uh, 
enjoy that programming as well. Our friends over there at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, County Road, Cano, Conemawak, they have uh, a lot of stuff on the menu. A lot of stuff. Now they've got the new store across the street that's open. And uh, I just saw the uh, they were posting uh, some new uh, menu items, menu selections, uh, dailies. So check out Boondocks BBQS. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews are on County Road K in Oconomowoc. And Tom and his staff are just awesome people. And it's that place has just grown and got so much better over the last few years. I mean, it was always good, but now it's just, just off the hook. Good, good stuff. Um, Chris says the team cannot play behind the sticks. Jordan is not there yet. Uh, also, a gain 15, then a false start, and the drive is over. It has been... It has been a comedy of errors at times. And I hate to use the term comedy because it's, it's frustrating. But you're right. I mean, they'll get a couple of positive plays and he'll either take a sack or it's a false start or some kind of a pre-snap penalty. Delay of game. Um, they, it's just, it's, they have not gotten into a rhythm. And then once they get to a hurry up, then all of that goes out the window because you're on a one Yelp count, so to speak, and off you go. And they have not been able to put anything consistently together. Um, they look really sharp in Chicago. And since then that sharpness has just eroded. And that's a little concerning because it feel it feels like your whole off season was building up for the Chicago game. And then it came and went and, now you're searching for answers because all your eggs were in that basket. It's just a little frustrating. Right they now. had an unsharp uh, third quarter in Chicago, though. Even against that bad team, yeah. they had a couple drives where it, it got off yep. the rails a little bit. Yep, yep. But at least they look good, and when you walked away from that, you went, okay, there's some optimism here. Yeah. The game against Atlanta and that, this game against Detroit, you went, oh, my God, they're so far away, it ain't funny. And so what they'll do on Monday night, hopefully – you walk away with a win, and you say maybe the train's back on the tracks. We'll see. Another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next.